For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Anybody nervous other than me? <laughs> Lynn and Terry, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thomas and Adam, Adam, you pulled a fast one. You weren't supposed to be back, boy. <laughs> Good to have you. Thank you to, to those two. Thank you so much for helping me. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. What a beautiful song we just sang. Really? As I reflect back over my life and I think about things different, I enjoy this world. I'm having a good time. Those of you that know me, I'm, I'm loving retirement. I don't see how it could be any better. Now look at this song. And I don't know how many times we've, we've participated in the singing of it. I'm not going to sing it, by the way. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. When Lynn and Terry asked me if I would speak tonight, in a second I knew the topic. I knew what it was going to be. Because I tell you what, any time... I get to speak, I always think about what am I struggling with? And I struggle with this world is not my home, or is it? See, Genesis chapter 2, when you look at Genesis chapter 2, the garden is described as being good, being pleasant. There's a river put in place to maintain the garden. I don't believe that God put the garden and put man in the garden to be trapped, to be tricked. I believe the garden was intended for man to enjoy. 1 Timothy 1, about verses 16 and 17, I believe it is. We're to enjoy things. We're to have a good time. But then this world is not my home becomes a struggle. Where is your happy place? Where do you really find comfort and solace today? I'll be just brutally honest with you. Sherry told me, don't use me as an illustration. Well, it took me about three minutes. Ever since I retired, we get up every morning and we drink coffee together. No timetable. In the past, when I would get up, I'd have to guzzle that, top, that cup down and go to the office. Now we get to spend time together. I can't imagine it being any better than that somewhere else. I get to spend time with the woman I love. 
and just talk about the things that we want to talk about. The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Thank you. Where do you find solace and where's your happy place? Maybe, you're, maybe you really enjoy sightseeing. Maybe it's domestic, international. Maybe you really like doing that and really enjoying fancy food places and trying things different. That's okay. Maybe you're a beach bum. Maybe you really like the beach. Maybe you really like getting a book and just chilling on the beach and having a good time. That's okay. Maybe you like the mountains. I thought about you, Brian. Maybe you like to go to Colorado and just fish the trout ponds and have a great time or get a book and just chill in the beautiful mountain air, David Truitt. Maybe you like to shop at Walmart or maybe you like to shop. Me personally, I like that new, that new store called Amazon. I'm amazed at what all you can get at Amazon. Or maybe that really my other one is online. I really like those. If I got a shop, that's where I want to go. But really and truly, this past week, I was, this is the outdoors. I love the outdoors. I was sitting in a deer stand. It was a beautiful day. The wind wasn't blowing. I had my bow in my lap. A deer that I've been watching was at the feeder, and I thought, wouldn't it be sweet to harvest that deer and to send a picture to Daryl and Will again. Because I know they're in meetings. And I know they're talking about safety and expenses and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting here enjoying this. I put my bow back down and just chill. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying this world. And I'll tell you, I don't believe that God intended for us to walk through those doors to look like we got beat up and that we don't want to be here and that we don't want to be part of God's family. I believe that he wants to enjoy. I, I be, most of you know me. When I get talking, I just got to slow. Sherry told me, slow down tonight. Slow down. You're retired. Don't get in a hurry. I said, nobody can speak over 30 minutes. It's unscriptural. I'm convinced that God wants us to have a smile on our face and to enjoy his creation. But I believe there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. And that's what I want to talk about. Paul would say it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know, and by the way, I would tell you, I believe this verse is really talking about our, our physical body and the resurrection. But allow me to apply it towards our home. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, done away with, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You see, everything that I mentioned, Bo, and everything that we enjoy is temporary. It is going to be gone. As good as it is, it's going to be gone. But thanks be to God that we have a home that's everlasting. Tonight, I want to do, I want to do a couple things. I created a definition of a by home. Excuse me, I, I created a definition of a home, and with that definition, I want to use the attributes of that and apply that. I want to look at those attributes really quick, and then I want to look at those attributes in respect to our earthly home and our temporary, excuse me, our earthly home and our everlasting home. 
we'll try to get out of here really fast. But here's the definition. Our home is a safe haven and a comfort zone for us to enjoy. A place of security that we share with our family and friends where the foundation is love. Now, you can describe a home however you want to, and that's okay. Our home is a safe haven and a comfort zone for us to enjoy. A place of security that we share with our family and friends where the foundation is love. Real quickly, what I'd like to do is just kind of look at comfort, security, and love. And then I would like to look at those in regard to our physical home and our everlasting home. Home is where there's comfort. Psalms 132, verses 3 and 5. Let's flip there together. David knew, David knew the value of a home. He knew the comfort that existed in that home. In Psalms 132, 3 through 5, he would say it this way. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids. David knew the value and he knew the comfort that could be found in a home. It's often been said there's no place like home. I remember when we lived in Houston for seven, three years, seemed like seven, for three years, I would catch a plane, I was flying a lot, doing a lot of traveling with work. I would catch a plane, I'd be coming home, and I was so anxious to get home, and then I'd get stuck in traffic. Are you kidding me? Because I wanted to get to that comfort. Even today, I, wanted, I bet you were glad to get home today, to sit next to Julie and to just, uh, we made it. There's comfort in the home. There's also security. Did you know America spends about $20.6 billion on home security? That was as of 2011, by the way. $20.6 billion on home security. Some sources I saw this past week said that we spend close to $70 billion in 22. I don't know about you, but I intend, we intentionally locked the house when we left. We intentionally locked the cars when we, left, when we got out a while ago. Security. In our home, we have security. Lot knew that. Genesis 19, 1 through 10, Lot was aware of that. He invited the angels to come in. Don't stay outside. Come in where there's security. He showed them hospitality and security because he knew the value of the home. Not only is there comfort, not only is there security, but there's also love. God expects there to be love in the home. For sake of time, we won't read Ephesians 5, 25 and 28 and Titus 2, 4, but we will in a little bit. But you know what was interesting to me as I was thinking about this? We can name all type of attributes of a home. List them. Think about them. Take a, take a, I challenge you to do this. Go home and just list the attributes of a home. You can think about the best Christian home that you've ever been around, you've ever seen. And you know what? It's not perfect. There won't be perfect comfort, there won't be perfect security, and there won't be perfect love. You know why? Because those homes are made up of imperfect humans. Sorry, it's just the way it is. Home is where there's comfort, security, and love. What I'd like to do now is take, take each one of those and think just a minute about from a temporary home and an earthly home what that looks like. 
And as we go through this, I would really challenge you, and I, I've challenged myself, and I've already struggled, by the way. Let's live 2024 like this world is not my home, that I'm really just passing through. Let's make it a point to try to do that. Temporary home, think about it in comfort. It fades away. As good as that home is, as comfortable that is, as comfortable as it, as comfortable as it is today, it still is going to fade away. It is going to fade away. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes ten eighteen. The writer would say, "The building decays and the home, and the house leaks. It happens. It's temporary. There's always things going to be things to do because when you think about comfort and you think about this world, no matter how comfortable we get." not perfect but there is a home that's got perfect comfort brothers and sisters and thanks be to God for that it's perfect and it's everlasting I want you to think about that just a minute that home that's prepared for you and I is perfect and it's never going to fade away open your Bibles to Revelations 20 to Revelation 21 verse 4 I'll tell you, this was kind of a selfish lesson because, as I told you earlier, I, I needed to do some study and research on this. And so I hope, I hope that I can, I can impart to you the things that really impacted me in this study. But look at Revelation 21, verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. No more sorrow, no crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. It's hard for me to, to get my arms around that. There's no death, no pain, no crying. You see, the things that cause that have been defeated. They've been defeated. So this home that we have today is imperfect in terms of comfort. The one we're going to is perfect in terms of comfort. There's perfect peace. It's everlasting. There's no death. There's no crying. There's no pain because all of that has been defeated. Second, I want you to think about the security of it. Go to Matthew chapter 24. When I think about security, and you, and you think about your home, 20, Matthew 24, 43 has to come to mind. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. If you know when the thief is coming, guess what? It's going to be double dead bolted and you're going to be ready. Security. We've got to secure our places, our homes, our life. Look at also at Matthew 6, 19. Again, remember how much is spent on security in a given year. Matthew 6, 19. Jesus would say, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. It's temporary. Did you catch it? It can rust. It can be destroyed. It can decay. Or it can be taken away from you. 
the secure, no matter how secure we try to make our houses, our homes, this place is not going to be secure. Matthew 12, 29, <clears throat> we have to defend our property, our place, our home, if you will. Now let's think about the eternal home. It was interesting to me as I was, as I was putting this together. Revelation 21, 27, John would say, 2127. But there's, let's go back to verse 26. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by, there shall by no means enter in it anything that devils or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the name, excuse me, written in the, in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing that doesn't belong in heaven is going to be there. Think about that. So tonight, guess what? There may be somebody going through your house right now and ransacking the living dog out of it and taking everything with it, and they don't belong there. But in heaven, no one, no thing is going to be there that doesn't deserve to be there. That's not written in the, in the book of life. It's perfect. Revelation 22, verse 22, 15 talks about that perfect Let's look at verse 14. But blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the, true, to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But catch this one. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. You see, in heaven, nobody's going to be there that doesn't, I'm not going to say deserve, but doesn't belong there we're not going to have to worry about security while we have this temporary home that can be taken away that can be destroyed it's not the case here it's not finally I want us to think about this in terms of love sadly love's not always present in the home Today's society, it doesn't happen. It's not just today's society. Years ago, I guess forever, love is intended to be in a home. But you know, love is something that must be taught and developed. It has to. It's not something that just happens to you and I by osmosis. It's got to be worked at. A home has got to be worked at. Okay, I was only going to use one, but now I'm going to use a second illustration of my wife. When, when, when I was working, I didn't realize how much our washing, our washing machine ran and how many dirty dishes we go through. Now that I'm retired, I try to get in and help her with dishes, and Carol, I think so a lot of times she would just soon me go out and go do my own thing. But I, I look and I see how much work that goes on to a home. And yeah, it's kind of a funny story thinking about the washing machine and the dishes. I never knew how two people could dirty up so many clothes and so many dishes. My point is, though, a house, a home is something we have to work at. Love doesn't just occur. Doesn't, love doesn't just occur. Paul would say it like this in Ephesians 5.25. 
he implores on the, on the husbands to love their wives. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. He would say, Husband, love, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Verse 28, he says basically the same thing. So husbands ought to love, your, to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. This temporary home is intended to have love in it. Titus 2, verse 4, Paul would say in his writing to Titus, Yeah, starting in verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperament, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chase homemakers good and obedient to their husbands that the word of God may not be blasphemed we have to work at it love has got to be worked at to be in a home let's think about our eternal home 1 John 1 4 8 tells us God is love God is love that's the foundation of it go to 2 Corinthians with me chapter 5 and about verse 8 In our everlasting home, in our home in heaven, we will always be present. We'll always be in the presence of God. Verse 8 says, We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We're never going to leave his presence. Never. Let's look at a couple others. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 Verse 16 and 18. We'll always be with the Lord. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will arise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together and with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Can you imagine never leaving the presence of someone? There's a day coming. There's a time coming when we will never leave the presence of God. I don't know about you, but that is hard for me to wrap my arms around. Never. No matter where we go, no matter where he goes, we will never leave his presence. He will always be there. John 15, 13 really speaks to the ultimate sacrifice that God, God provided on our behalf. Jesus coming to this earth and dying on the cross such a painful death. The true description of love that he showed for us. So if you think about our home in terms of comfort, security, and love, as I was going through this, there was five takeaways that I came upon that really resonated with me 
and I hope I hope they resonate with you and they and they mean something to you. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter three, verse twenty. It's a verse that we've read time and time again. Our home here doesn't compare to the one or to our heavenly home. Our citizenship is in heaven. Paul would say it like this in verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about this lesson this week, a couple things really came to mind. Two things. Do I think more of heaven or earth or this life? a great question to ask yourself in my day do I think more of heaven and going to be with God or more about this life I think that's a very telling question the second one is this if you could audit the app on your phone or you could audit your checkbook whatever that is where would you spend your where do you spend your money something to think about at Chevron, we used to do these studies called time and motion studies where we would observe people and look for ways to streamline the process. I wonder if we were to do a time and motion with study with Carl and you followed me for a day or for a week, how much time would I spend serving God versus serving what I want to do? That's a very telling thought. And I challenge you to think about that. Because if we're not thinking about eternity and, and, and longing for heaven, guess what? This world is going to be our home. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead catch this, to an inheritance. An inheritance, when I think about an inheritance, that's something that I cannot earn. It's something that's given to me. To an inheritance, look at the traits of this inheritance. Number one, it's incorruptible. It's incorruptible. Number two, it's undefiled. Number three, it doesn't fade away. Number four, it's reserved in heaven for Carl. You could put your name there and not do an injustice to the Scripture. There's a place reserved specifically for Austin. There's a, there's a place specifically reserved for you. That's incredible to me. That was a tremendous learning for me to look at that text. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 and 12. You think about this life and you think about how we are on a journey. And we truly are just passing through. But God expects us to walk free from sin. I understand, I understand that, that the grace of God, and thanks be to God for his grace, it's almost like a force multiplier for me. That's the way I see it. But he still intends you and I to walk worthy of the gospel. Second Peter, 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. No doubt, we're just a passing through. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, for the sake of time, we won't read it, but we're going to be judged by how we walk that walk. 
We're going to be judged how we complete this journey. We are. Ephesians, I want to leave, leave you with Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. When you think about where we are, this world is not our home, or is it? Or is it? I think that's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. I think we need to really challenge ourselves to live 2014, that this world is not my home, that I'm just a passing through. You see, brothers and sisters, we have a choice to make. You have a choice. Thanks be to God that Austin made that choice this past weekend at camp. But if you haven't obeyed the gospel through faith, repentance, and baptism, then this world is your home. It's as good as it's going to get. This is it. There's nothing else except eternity in hell. But thanks be to God that we can be a child of God by obeying his gospel, knowing that we're just pilgrims passing through. I challenge you to really think about, as we start 2024, this world is not my home. We're just a passing through. If there's need for you to come at the singing of the invitation song, please come. And thank you so much for listening so well.